So this was a fairly short sitting. And the room was very quiet and still. It seemed a bit of a pity to and the, to ring the bell. I certainly couldn't imagine that anything I had to say was more important than what was happening. It had me reflecting, or the image that came up for me was something that still happens in some places, but I associated with the time of the Buddha that on a full moon night, people would gather, maybe in a large clearing in the woods, and they would sit like you are, peacefully and quiet. There's one description in the sutta of something like maybe 200 monastics coming together and sitting so still and so upright and so well that the Buddha praised them and told them to continue. And now, uh, <clears throat> that 40-some people could come together and sit so still and quiet in this kind of peaceful way is quite remarkable in this world of ours. Even more remarkable to highlight the specialness of it if we all moved ourselves into the grove of trees in the full moon night. Just felt kind of that this, what we're doing here is continuous with the trees and the sky and the moon and maybe the coolness and maybe comfort of the night, the evening. And maybe for some people it can be very deeply nourishing, very deeply even meaningful to be able to sit quietly and peacefully, stilly, safely in this way where nothing has to happen. There's no exams to be taken. For these minutes, hours, there's no tasks to be accomplished. Nothing any of you, any of us have to prove, prove ourselves or defend ourselves or justify ourselves, our existence. That somehow just to be in a peaceful, deep way. Now, I don't know if any of you are actually sitting that peacefully during these minutes, but th that doesn't matter in the sense that you were still, however you were, there was something quite remarkable that was holding you, the context for how you were. And I'd like to propose that one of the qualities, characteristics of 
that was here in this room, or, <clears throat> or maybe we were close to it, was that there was a kind of peace in the room that in and of itself did not involve any clinging, any grasping at anything, any insisting, compulsion. In and of itself, there was kind of an absence of craving, I felt, even though some of the individuals might have had some of that, but there was somehow the feeling of a community who just was here this way, it was, for me, it was quite remarkable. And that here, also, one of the characteristics, or close to it, <clears throat> was um, a kind of a way of being here without depending on something. Now, it's easy to add up all the things we depend on in order to be here. The floor holds us up. The room is warm enough, rather than being in the cold outside right now. Or <clears throat> Vacuum, vacuum cleaner salespeople are not banging at the door. <laughs> it's kind of a presence kind of doesn't depend on anything conventional or doesn't depend on anything that we have to kind of do much about. The other thing that I felt sitting here was, I mean, I looked around before I rang the bell. And I certainly looked at many of you sitting here. I hope it was okay. And, uh, but I also, uh, I looked at the space in the room and somehow the space was very strong in its emptiness. There was quite the, the silence or the stillness or the vibrancy or the, the something of a group of meditators after a week, quite something. And as we know, as we were told yesterday, we had a visitor who came here and sat for part of the day, a guest. And she remarked, she's been on retreats before, but it was the first time she came and joined the retreat on the sixth day. And she said, boy, what a privilege to step into this atmosphere. This is powerful. And I know that it's very easy to come into this atmosphere and I mean, to, to kind of be here all the days and not see it. It's kind of just like, it's like, you know, I'm just ordinary, you know. Like when I finished a month-long retreat once and um, near up here, up here near Vajrapani, I did a self-retreat. And uh, the first day I got there, I just felt so peaceful and sacred and kind of reverent feeling of being in the location. Oh, this is so special. It's so good to be here. And then I was feeling that kind of unpacking my car. And a month later, I was packing my car to leave. And I looked around and said, there's nothing here. It's going <laughs> nothing special. <laughs> you know, it's just like ordinary. And, and um, I said to myself, because I can have strange thoughts, I said, 
Well, I guess that was a wasted month. <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing changed. You know, it's ordinary. I'm just leaving, and you know, so you know. Well, I guess that was. So then I went to the office to check out, and when I was going to check out in the office, I couldn't speak. Which <laughs> is <laughs> <Just> ordinary. <laughs> Meaning that, uh, the point being that, uh, you know, it c- creeps up and you it kind of become, it starts feeling ordinary or normal, it gets normalized. Like this is like, you know, you don't see the changes in how it develops. And, um, but I did, certainly didn't, so it's powerful what was here, what is here, that we maybe don't see so well, being in the middle of it and slowly it growing. So for me, there's a kind of, almost a kind of like presence in the room. And maybe that's a very, maybe that evokes different ideas. Maybe not, not what I'm trying to convey. But it's almost like awareness is luminous here. But not my awareness, not your awareness. It's almost like the room's, but not the room's awareness. <laughs> Because, you know, I don't want to anthropomorphize the room. <laughs> but maybe it's okay to anthropomorphize the, the empty space in the room. Maybe that's safe. It's almost like the space is aware. Because it's so, I don't know, still and wonderful. And there's kind of a wonderful sitting here for me, kind of a knowing of this. Somehow. And I evoke all this in order to come bring back the end of the refrain in the Satipatthana Sutta, where it says, one is mindful, just enough for there to be knowledge and lucid awareness that this is a body, and this here is the body. Dwelling or being independent, not clinging to anything in the world. Not clinging to anything in the world is the kind of the conclusion, if there is such a thing, of Satipatthana practice. It's kind of the whole purpose or thrust of showing up and being really here for our experience. To really kind of arrive into the present moment in a qualified, high quality way and really be established, be here, grounded, present, is to really see deeply what's going on here and in such a way that the mind releases its clinging, its grasping, its contraction, its limitations, its, its shackles, its prison 
whatever you want to call it. And, um, and in doing that, dwelling without any clinging, and being independent, there's a wonderful expression, being independent in the Dharma. And that's the direction the practice is going, is for everyone to become independent in the Dharma, meaning one no longer, means a number of things, but one thing it means is knowing the Dharma for oneself, experiencing, understanding what it's about, then one no longer depends on anyone else, no longer even depends on the teachings because one knows oneself, one knows what freedom is, one knows what the practice is about in terms of its, it's you know, in some ways it's very simple. It's about not clinging to anything, nothing whatsoever is worth clinging to. But it's more than just knowing that, it's knowing how profound that that, that is, how it's a phenomenal treasure, it's a gift for the world. So to not cling and, develop and, and be able to have a certain independence, not depend on things in a certain way. Maybe what's our heart doesn't depend on anything. Maybe the, the clarity of our mind or the freedom of the mind doesn't depend on anything. We become our own teachers in a sense. And then the remarkable thing happens in that, and this is part of the remarkableness, or the wonderfulness. And this is this line before, where it says, with just enough mindfulness, I love that expression, just enough, as opposed to the maximum amount, just enough for the purpose of um, knowledge and lucid awareness. This is a body, this is the body or this, these are the feelings, these are the mental states, these are the dhammas, these are the mental processes or mental objects, mind objects. The simplicity of just being able to see this is this, is a gift to whatever this is that there's a gift of we no longer overlaying all our projections, all our expectations, all our desires, all our wants, all our resistance, all our prejudice on what's out there. And that there's kind of a way in which the bad news is, in terms of liberation, is that you'll never get liberated. It's not about you getting liberated. The good news is, you, you, you're, what happens is you liberate everything from you. You're, you, and when you get enlightened, you're granting everything else its liberation, its freedom, from your projections, from your expectations, from your desires, from your wants, from your cravings, from your all this prejudice and hate that might be there, so that your body can just be your body as it is. What a gift to our body, free it from all the judgments and expectations and cultural junk.
our feelings can just be our feelings. Their mental states, who we are, it's a gift to let these things be. It's also a gift to the world. Imagine letting your friend be your friend. Just let the person be. Accept, kind of like, it's almost you can say like accept the person for who the person is. Accept in this kind of state of giving freedom to what is, accepting is too much work. That's, you know, if that's an intentional thing we do, it's kind of extra. You can't intentionally accept someone. Well, you can, I guess, but it's not as good as than not accepting them when you free them to be themselves. The kind of that liberation. You, you can be without any of my judgments and expectations and what should be. And this kind of respect and kind of reverence I like to feel for this world that we live in. That everything is special. Everything is somehow, each thing that we encounter, the bell, the clock, certainly the water bottle. <laughs> Freed from the water bottle, free from me, right? Just a water bottle, it gets to be itself. Doesn't have to have all this extra meaning. It's just like, wow. So I hope that as we leave this retreat, that you have some appreciation of the great value of awareness, of mindfulness, of your, all the different capacities you have for attention. And that you begin getting a sense of the power of awareness set free, awareness that can abide, and that you find that it's a very safe place, an appropriate place, and a profound place in a, to be at peace in yourself, to be at peace in your awareness, to be just here. Open awareness, lucid awareness, clear awareness, here without clinging and wanting and desiring and fixing and analyzing and, you know, projecting and planning and resenting and and to learn how to navigate the world in a wise way, in a safe way, with this kind of state of mind, this freedom. That that's the task. That's one of the wonderful things to do in this lifetime. And that as we do it, it becomes a gift that we give to the world. We become safer, more compassionate, more caring. We're ready to see everyone in a reverent way, in a caring way, regardless, almost. So I thank you all for being here and for all the whole retreat. And, and what's most poignant at this moment is to thank you for those moments that we were here together before I rang the bell. That was special. Thank you. So now, 
we have a few moments